0: So start off by telling me, are you really fine?
1: Hi everyone and welcome to our third episode of No Really I'm Fine. Thank you so much for staying with us and hopefully you have listened to the first two episodes this week. So this week we have launched during Mental Health Awareness Week in partnership with the Mental Health Foundation to promote this year's theme of body image. Now we've got a packed episode for you, lots of guests and lots of conversations to be had. We apologise, though, if some of the audio doesn't sound as best as the other two episodes. We've just been here, there and everywhere to get this perfect for you. So we do apologise if some of the audio isn't that clear. But going into this week, it'll be much better. So, Kate, do you want to start off by telling our lovely listeners what is in store for
0: them yeah so when I found out uh, the theme of mental health awareness week was going to be body image I was excited I love you know body positivity and and, and all things like that and I love promoting healthy body image because I think I think you know we get we get so many messages from all different angles and all different outlets you know telling us we should look a certain way and that if we don't look that way it's wrong and I think that the consequences of that can be disastrous. You know, it can affect people's mental health, uh, self-esteem, relationships, all kinds of stuff. So I think anything promoting a more diverse and a more positive body image is just great. And the more, the better, really. Uh, so I was lucky enough to sit down and have a roundtable discussion with Mandy Rose from the Empowered Women Project, which um, has won awards. Actually, it's... Mandy has, has taken a petition to put a ban on like skinny tea and coffee influencers and fake Photoshop Instagram posts and stuff. Um, she's taken a petition to the House of Commons um, because she wants to see that banned, which I completely agree with. I think it's so irresponsible and so dangerous. Uh, you get people like the Kardashians advertising skinny lollipops and stuff. People people with that kind of following advertising what is essentially a sweet for a child that supposedly helps you lose weight i think that is disgusting um so i love her and then we've got nell from the women on woman on top blog uh, she's a body and sex positive influencer and she's amazing uh, she she talks about her body struggle and yeah you check her out on instagram she's just incredible i
1: feel like um every guest we've had on at the moment we just want to sort of just hang around with and
0: just oh my go god. and have a brew with them afterwards <laughs> oh my god i'm just and everyone that comes in i'm like Try- trying to be friends <laughs> so yeah i've just got to talk about body positivity and it's been ace and i want to do it every week
1: when we found out of this year's theme of body image me and Michael just sort of looked at you and thought this is Kate's thing this is this is great you know because you've been promoting you know body positivity for a while now haven't you
0: oh my god yeah it's something I'm just so passionate about and I'm just I'm just really sick of of being being not not just me obviously everyone being told how to look I just think it's just I'm like it's 2019 like really yeah exactly
1: also on the episode, we are interviewing Lucy Martin. Now, for those of you who don't recognise her name, she is the BBC weather presenter for BBC One and for, you, for the BBC in general as well. And it was just really lovely to chat with her. Um, she, she's BBC's first disabled weather presenter, and it was just nice to sort of get her views on her own body image, which is very positive. I mean, I won't go into too much detail because we'll be chatting to her shortly. But she was just she was just very admiring and just very positive about her body and so I think that that just gives the episodes a nice little little flavour and a little turnaround of, of the other side of things as well.
0: Yes we love Lucy.
1: So yeah um, that's it isn't it? I mean that's it in a nutshell for episode three.
0: It is chock full of body positive goodness and it's just ace.
1: <laughs> I mean there's probably going to be a lot more episodes on this coming up because it's such a huge mm-hmm. topic mm-hmm. And, and for men and women it just seems to affect everyone at the moment about how they feel about their bodies. It just seems a lot of people are insecure about their bodies, but then at the same time, there's that equal amount of po- positivity and, you know, love for the bodies going on, especially on social media as well. So I feel like that side of things doesn't get mm-hmm. doesn't as- enough as, as the negative. So it- it's nice to sort of promote both on, on this
0: episode. Absolutely. Ev- everyone, Everyone's got a body. Everyone's got a body story. So more of this, please. And if you want to keep track, head to Twitter, i'm fine podcast underscore where you can check out all our updates and more we all have mental health and it's just as important as physical health no, really, I'm fine. Shares real stories and experiences, but we aren't an experts, and this podcast is not an alternative to getting official medical advice. If your mental or emotional state quickly dips, or you're worried about someone you know, help and support is out there. Talk to your GP or call the Samaritans on 0800 585858. For advice on how to help a friend or loved one, visit rethink.org. So today we're talking all things body positivity, and I'm joined by Nell Grecian, who's a body and sex positive influencer, and Mandy Rose-Jones, founder of the award-winning The Empowered Women Project. Ladies, hello. Hi. Hello there. I'm going to start by asking you, Nell, are you really fine? I am fine. Good stuff. And Mandy, how about you? I am fine. Thank you for asking. So straight into the body positivity, Nell, you're, you know, you're, you're massive on, on Instagram really love what you're doing. You're probably one of the most body positive people I know, which is great. What does body positivity mean to you?
2: Oh, thank you. That's so lovely. For me, it means just learning to accept yourself. And I think something really important and also something really misconstrued with body positivity is that it's not all about always thinking you look amazing. It's kind of understanding that your body is ever growing and ever changing and evolving and just sort of rolling with that and refusing to apologise for it.
0: Great stuff. And um, Mandy, how about you? What, what, what does it mean to you?
3: Body positivity is such an important social movement for all bodies. And for me, it's just a movement which is acceptance, no matter what your body looks like, what stage it's at. And like Mel said, it's constantly going through growth and whatever. So it's just about being in a space where no matter what your body's doing or what it looks like, it's accepted, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, of course. Nell, I'm just going to touch back on what I said before about, you know, you're, you're quite proud of your body. And I think that's great. I just wonder, has that always been the case or have you struggled? And, and, and if so, how have you overcome that struggle?
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I think I've dieted for most of my adult life. I think since I was about 13 anyway, I've literally been on just about every fad, fad wagon I could get on. And I've always prioritised losing weight over absolutely everything. When I was younger and in my sort of teenage years, I was absolutely convinced that my life would just fall into place and I would suddenly become so much happier and bag myself a boyfriend if I could just squeeze into a size 8 pair of jeans. And, spoiler alert, it just didn't happen like that. I made it into the jeans and it just made me more unhappy than I'd ever actually been. So I just stopped. It was quite recently, I think in the last 18 months or so, but I just stopped started enjoying myself. I stopped labelling foods sort of good and bad and categorising themselves in that way. I stopped counting my calorie and basically just started living. I think it's just really important to understand that, like, whilst I'm really against dieting, being healthy is so important and your body is, you know, what houses you. And so looking after that, whilst that is so important, I also think you absolutely can't deny yourself of a life. Absolutely,
0: yeah. And that's quite saddening, isn't, isn't it really? You just said that you've been dieting since you were 13.
2: That oh, is... I know. I was, I mean, thinking back, obviously at 13, I thought I knew everything, but I had absolutely no idea. And to be that young and that impressionable and all of that pressure on, on thinking that you have to look a certain way to be accepted, I just think it's so poisonous. And where do you think that, that
0: idea? came upon you from that you have to look x weight or or y dress size
2: i think it's everywhere i think it's something that society promotes as a whole and therefore it comes through certain brands and you know whether they care to admit it you're not like your friends and your family i just think it's become so normal to hide away and be ashamed of your body that it's almost like the taboo to actually sort of step back and go no, I, I quite like
0: it. I, I want to be who I am. Uh, Mandy, your Empowered Woman project, a lot of that is to do with you want to put a stop to kind of skinny coffee type influences on Instagram. And, you know, people who are, are being sponsored to advertise these weight loss programs. And then they're using photoshopped images, which, you know, there are millions of impressionable young girls and boys on these social media sites. So the consequences of what they're doing are potentially catastrophic. Can you tell us a bit more about that?
3: Absolutely. So just to echo what Mel was saying there, I was very much of the same kind of thing when I was growing up, 13, 14. I used to think if I just got abs, if I just look skinny, I'll be happy. Um, and some of these um, influencers, you're right, have a direct audience of millions and millions and millions of followers. And they're promoting products which they probably don't use, which they probably don't know the health benefits of with Photoshopped images. Um, and it's very, very damaging um, on young women and men and their mental health. And it was actually raised, um, the work of was raised in the House of Commons today, so we can see there's a real need for things to um, to change.
0: Nell, have you have you kind of felt that on Instagram? Do you ever feel pressured to, to look a certain way, or or at least understand why so many people are?
2: Uh, absolutely, I think there are so many celebrities and influencers out there using their platform in a way. I think they're trying to do it positively. Like I think that's what they think they're doing, but it's just so harmful. Endorsing things like detox tea and those like appetite-suppressing lollipops, like when would that ever be a good idea? I think it's completely clueless and so damaging.
0: Yeah, especially things like lollipops, which essentially are for children. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of children, if Nell, if there was any kind of, I guess anything you could tell your younger self in terms of body positivity, what, what would you say?
2: I think sort of looping back to my first answer, I would just tell myself, my body and my mind are meant to be changing all the time like I meant like I meant to put on a little bit of weight if I eat too much bread and you know if I run for five days straight and do nothing then I'm going to lose weight like it's all completely normal and you just sort of you just have to go with it your body changes all the time and especially at 13 14 when you're going through puberty and your body is having all those natural changes anyway just roll with it and stop giving in to peer pressure.
3: Brilliant.
0: And Mandy, could you tell us a little bit more about what happened in the House of Commons
3: today? Absolutely. So back in September, I launched a petition um, which was basically to try and put an end to these celebrity endorsements and it amassed about 7,000 or 8,000 signatures, which was amazing because I've not got a massive, massive platform. Um, So off the back of that, it was discussed in Scottish Parliament and then an MP from Westminster wanted to raise it there as well. So Hopefully what we can do with all of these people with bigger platforms is keep sort of having a conversation around it and hopefully change the law. I don't think hashtag ad is enough of a a sort of warning sign to put against these images once we've already seen them. And to be honest, with the way that, the commercialisation of Instagram as went, the sponsored ads and stuff. These things can find their way into our timelines, even if we sort of unfollow things and try and curate our our social media in the best way we can. But you know, platform uh, people like Mel and, and platforms like that are are a great way to kind of counter all of that um, toxicity. Well, I see it as toxicity anyway that's on the social media. I wanted to ask you, ladies, what you think about people who
0: suggest that body positivity is promoting obesity and promoting unhealthy habits essentially so now i'm keen to get your opinion on that
2: yeah definitely i mean i think there's whilst i know that there is sort of skinny shaming and stuff that goes on at the same time i don't think it's anywhere near the same as like fat phobia and fat shaming because i think regardless of whether or not like i'm, I'm sure it's horrible and I'm, obviously i can't speak from experience to be shamed because you're too thin i think that is still like society's end goal, if you know what I mean. Like we're Mm -hmm. still promoting the idea of being being like a more, do you know what I mean? Just more desirable, if you will. And I just, I think the thing with fat shaming and stuff is people that are fat, like they're not necessarily unhealthy. It's not always synonymous. Mm -hmm. And I just think like whether or not it's you like mentioning health and healthy lifestyles to your fat friend or like we said, celebrities endorsing those things on Instagram and brands using body shaming to kind of coerce you into product purchasing their products. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but there was that big Protein World Are You Beach Body Ready campaign that yeah. ran a couple of years ago, which was just awful. But it, and it's stuff like that. And it's stuff like doctors dismissing injuries and illnesses of overweight people and saying that it's their weight that's at fault. I just think that's, it's so harmful and it's so poisonous. And there is nobody ever in the world who has, you know, it's not their job to tell you what's, what you can do with your body, how much space you are allowed to take. I don't think the body pos- positive movement promotes obesity at all. I think it just promotes understanding your body and accepting it. Like Mandy said at the very beginning, it's there for people of all body shapes and mm-hmm. types and sizes. And what about you, Mandy? Of course, it's all well
0: and good saying that, you know, some people would say we've got an obesity crisis. This is a huge strain on our NHS. But of course, you've got the flip side, which is when you're body shaming people, that has an effect on their mental health. We've also got a mental health crisis. So I'm just, just keen to know what your thoughts are on that.
3: Before we came on the phone, I just looked up the actual definition of body positivity and it's the belief that all human beings should have a positive body image. The movement advocates the acceptance of all bodies, no matter the form, size or appearance. And I think that leading back to your question to Mel, we need to make sure we're differentiating between body positivity and fat acceptance. Because body positivity is inclusive of all body types. Um, That might be disabilities, it might be um, sort of gender related things. But yeah, mental health, I think, is being hugely impacted by the messages we're receiving online. And we need to make sure that we continue to sort of counter all that stuff with positive stuff, you know.
0: Absolutely. And just to finish off, ladies, Nell, I'll start with you. If you suddenly feel like you're having, you know, a bit of a crisis of body image or you don't feel your best, what are some of your tips to, to combat that and, and feel good about yourself again?
2: So I like to, I think this is how I sort of got into it. And this is what I say to all of my friends and everybody that asks me. I think if you wake up every morning or like you said, if it's some point throughout the day when you're just feeling a bit rubbish and you stand in front of a mirror and just single out something that you like about yourself, you feel silly at first. Of course you will. And it takes a little while, but it absolutely works. And these affirmations can be anything. You can like look at yourself and say, oh, I'm strong, I'm funny. Or you can say, oh, it looks really great when my fingers and toes have got matching nail varnish on. Start small, absolutely, yeah. and then build up and say, do you know what, I really love my thighs and look how amazing and strong my legs are. They carry me every day. And as long as you're able to look in the mirror and pick out at least one thing that you like about yourself, then you're on the right track. Amazing. Mandy, have you got any tips for a better
3: body image? Absolutely. I just have to echo what Mel said, to be honest. It's about appreciating your body for more than just how it looks, the aesthetics. So like I'd often say to women who message the project, like your body actually grew a human, for goodness sake, or, you know, you can go for a run in the park because you've got an able body. So it's about appreciating your body for more than just how it looks. And whether that's just, you know, doing the affirmations in the mirror or whether it's writing some things down, everyone has to find their own way to do that. That's amazing. Well, thank you, ladies, both for your time. Thank Thank you. Thank you. so much sorry about the noise
0: (laughs) that was Nell Grecian who's a body and sex positive influencer and Mandy Rose Jones founder of the awards winning the Empowered Women Project
1: hi Lucy you okay I'm very well thank you Thank you so much for joining us on our third episode of No Really I'm Fine. It's it's great to have you here. It's uh, nice to speak to you at last. Um, so let me start off by asking,
4: are you really fine? I am. It's a, it's a question we don't ask very often, isn't it? But I am. I'm excited to be here. And yeah, things are going well. Good, good. So
1: you tweeted the other day, actually, um, that it's it's been nearly three years now. Since you've done your first live forecast on BBC One, how, how does that feel?
4: I can't believe the time's gone that quickly. I was talking to my mum about it the other day because um, one of my family shared a, an old video from a couple of years ago. And was thinking, I look so much younger. <laughs> Bit of a shock. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a great feeling. I feel much more confident with it. Um, I'm enjoying it increasingly as I'm getting more into the swing of it. So no, it's been good. So for those of us who don't know, how, how did you get into the BBC? I initially saw an advert in the newspaper, Um, there was an opportunity for people with disabilities to go and learn about how the weather's produced, how it's recorded, how it goes from a forecast to on TV or on the radio and it was a three day course so I applied kind of on a whim really, it was like the last night before the application shut, my mum was there holding the phone recording a short clip of me so that I could apply and then from there I did that and it was great and I really enjoyed it and I thought oh I'm quite interested in that and then later on it kind of grew from there and I got some training and then from the training I ended up doing some cover for um, some maternity cover actually and then it's kind of just grown from there really. Have you always been interested in the weather then or is that something that's just naturally progressed with the BBC training? No, I have always been interested in the weather. I um, studied geography at university and I think being British, it's one of those things that you can't really not be interested in the weather. It's kind of part (laughs) of our culture. Definitely. um, It's nice that it's
1: sunny today. I don't know what it's like down down your end.
4: It's beautiful. Yes, (laughs) Not meant to give our opinions on the weather, but it's lovely.
1: (laughs) Yeah Yeah, I imagine you hate to be the bearer of uh, bad rain news as well.
4: Yeah but you know sometimes it's good for the garden and you also do get to bring the uh, the sunshine as well so that's the nice bit.
1: Yeah (laughs) so our listeners can't see you would you mind telling us a bit about your disability?
4: Of course yeah I was born with one hand so I don't have my right hand or forearm Um, it was something I was born with so I've always had it like that so for me it's completely normal. Um, My mum wasn't expecting it so it was a bit of a surprise to her but um, these things happen. And what was it like growing up? For me it was completely normal because it was what I am used to you know I've always had one hand I've always that's been my normal. I was very lucky I think to be born to my mum who was very proactive, very much like we will roll up your sleeve and you will go and just be out there and you won't hide away. And And I think I was also lucky for the situation that I was in. I was, grew up in North London. There was a lot of diversity around anyway. So the situation was that people were quite used to seeing difference. I'm not saying that everybody around me had one hand, but there was a bit more diversity. And so Yes, I was different, but it felt very normal as I was growing up. I found ways to work around things that were a bit more difficult. In some ways, I was probably hyper capable. I had the kids lined up in nursery tying their shoelaces. You know, I wanted to cut my own dinners up and things like that. So I, I um, had pretty normal and fairly boring childhood, I'd say.
1: <laughs> did you ever have a prosthetic or I do you have one now?
4: No, I don't have one at the minute. I had one... When I was small, the advice for my mom at the time was to take me to get one of these prosthetics because if you don't, then you might not get to learn properly with it. And so that was really the advice at the time was that you should get one of these prosthetics and give it a go. And she really took me and we gave it a go. And I didn't find it particularly useful at the time. It was quite heavy. The battery pack was quite bulky. So I had one for a bit. I took it to school on the first day that I managed to take it home. My lovely head teacher took me around every class. I did a bit of show and tell. And then the next day my mum said, right, let's go to school, get your, get your prosthetic out. And I was like, I think I'm done with that now, mum. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I can't believe how much time I've spent taking you there, training you to get it, and now you don't want it anymore. But <laughs> I found it heavy and a bit unhelpful at the time. But um, I know they've come on quite a lot since then.
1: And obviously this week it's Mental Health Awareness Week and the theme is, is very much body image. Would you say you have a positive view of your body?
4: I think I do I think i'm I think I'm quite lucky than that I do because I think it's not as common as it should be um I feel very lucky with the body that I have. There are things that I don't like, which I think is quite common for most people. You know there are times where I feel less confident in my body or more confident in my body, but overall, I would say I've got quite a positive positive attitude to it.
1: And and how have viewers over the years reacted to your broadcasts?
4: I've had so much positive support. I I'm so lucky for it. I um I've had maybe a handful of not very nice comments, but for every not very kind comment, there's been tons more that have been positive. I've had people writing into me saying, This is the first time I've seen someone with a with an arm like mine or an arm like my child or my grandchild, and it's made such a difference and and that kind of ability to just make people a bit more aware and a bit more confident that things can be okay and that you can live a, a normal life and do normal things it's been fantastic
1: and I suppose that outweighs the negative that, that you must receive as
4: well yeah completely there's you know you're never gonna please everyone it's one of those things that even if I had two hands that I'm sure there's someone who wouldn't like me so you know you do have to have a bit of a tough skin um obviously it's something that people might go for as a as a perhaps a weaker point for me, but it, I'm not bothered by it. It doesn't it doesn't really hurt my feelings.
1: Do you see it as a strong, as a strength for you as, you know, this is something to be proud
0: of?
4: I think I do. And I don't think that's necessarily always been the way. I think when I was younger, I was a bit more aware of the difference and, you know, it was a bit more of a push from my mum. But um, for me now I am, it's it's who I am. It's a strong part of my identity. And yeah, I'm proud that's that's great that's what we want to hear <laughs> um
1: so yeah mental illness it, it's it's not a visible thing is it and it's it's why you never know what someone is truly going through is is that something that you've experienced
4: yeah I think mental health has become such a big part of everyday life I think it's a real thing of our time isn't it this this need to have this conversation and and uh, just be a bit more honest with what's going on and what we're struggling with um I've had, yeah, I think I've come into contact with different types of mental health and mental health problems. I'm just trying to think of an example maybe, but I think it's one of those things that is quite embedded as part of our life at the moment. So I I think it's quite hard to say that you haven't had an experience with mental health.
1: And is it something that perhaps, because we're we're both reporters, we're both in in the sort of media, would you say we sort of almost notice it more?
4: Do you mean that the that the media has picked up on it more or that as we're in in the media it's more?
1: I mean that's a good point as well the media has picked up on it more but I mm. feel like sometimes in our profession we're so visible um that sometimes it can it can have an effect more maybe. I mean it certainly does with me.
4: Yeah, of course. I think I think it's uh you're a lot more vulnerable if you're uh in the media and you're standing in someone's TV there's not really much space to hide. So I definitely I definitely think that's true with our with our careers definitely. And going back to the, to the media
1: point, do you think mm. we are picking up on it more in a, in a positive or negative way? Because, I mean, there's been comments recently, and I, I, I hate to mention his name, but um, Piers Morgan. He's he's sort of regularly tweeted saying, you know, um, mental health. We need to be more a bit more positive and things like that, and saying people need to be less whiny. I mean, mm. whereas other people are are um, quite open to talk about it and want to say, you know, this this is mental health. This is what happens. I mean, what are your thoughts on that?
4: I th- yeah, I think there's it's definitely been a shift to being a bigger conversation. And I think there's a lot of benefit for that. There are a lot of people that are struggling in silence and that's not healthy for anyone. It's that kind of a problem. What's it? A problem shared is a problem halved, you know, it's definitely useful to be more educated, to be more aware of what's going on. Um, I think social media has made that more easy. There's a, there's channels that you can find that information. It's easier to be in contact with people and, and, In some ways that's positive because it's, you can have that conversation in some ways it creates this, you know, with Instagram, there's this, uh, you can create a fake life really, can't you? And put it Mm. out there. And, and there's, so there's kind of dangers with that, but I think it's a conversation that really needs to be had.
1: There's been a few media outlets who have done a lot of articles on on your dresses and your fashion sense which is very stylish by the way. Do you feel like you <laughs> oh, need you're too to look, kind. <laughs> Do you feel like you need to look a certain way when you're presenting Whether is it always in, in the back of your mind before you go on to do a live broadcast?
4: There is a certain way that you want to look, you know, you want to look professional, I want to look like I've, you know, I'm wearing a smart outfit and there's also the things of you can't wear certain patterns or colors because that doesn't work with a green screen but I'm also don't want to conform to like particular ideals of beauty I am quite happy with the fact that I look how I look so there's a bit of I want to look smart but I don't feel too much pressure to look in a certain way.
1: You sort of want to abide by the rules of of the web presented, but at the same time try and be a bit bit like yourself?
4: What I was wondering was there's quite a lot of pressure i think from advertisers from magazines to look a certain way and so i don't feel so much pressure to conform with that but there are kind of i do want to look smart and i do want to there are just kind of restrictions on what works on the camera and what doesn't in terms of those patterns and colors and
1: and what's fashion been like for you growing up because I mean, I've been in I've been in shops where, unfortunately, I've had breakdowns in in changing rooms because I've not been a certain size and things like that. I mean, is that something that you've ever experienced?
4: Yeah, there. Um, well, I think the sizing is just a general problem everywhere, isn't it? You know, yeah. The number of times you have walked into a shop and you're a ten or a twelve somewhere, or you're a fourteen or a sixteen in another shop, and you think, well, that can't be that can't be the case but then I guess it's not putting too much power on those numbers those numbers are meant to be a guideline in terms of buying something but if you can take away that that power that it has over you to to make you feel bad because you don't fit in a certain number actually I look at it and I think well your sizing's wrong (laughs) it's not me it's you.
1: (laughs) Growing up as well what's it been like for you trying on clothes you know with just one arm sorry if that sounds like a really forwarded question. But,
4: Not um, at all. These are the questions that you think and that you want to you want to know the answers to. And, and I think too often we feel like we can't ask because it's it's going to be offensive or rude. But you know, it's it's how the questions asked and what you mean, isn't it? I think. Yeah. A lot of growing up, my fashion sense left quite a lot to be desired. Sadly, I was free to wear whatever I wanted, which isn't great in the pictures, but. um, Mostly, I just roll the sleeves up and that's fine. Um, recently, there were the kind of the bell sleeves, the ones that kind of go out at the end near your hands. And I th- I felt like they didn't look great having one hand. So um, that's been the most recent thing where I thought, actually, that's a fashion that I don't really want to be a part of. But otherwise, you know, my shopping experiences have been fairly similar to, I think, a lot of the women around me, that kind of feeling inadequate because you don't fit the shape of the clothes rather than thinking that the clothes don't fit you having experiences in very hot and overly bright changing rooms and then also finding things that I love and adore and those clothes that make you feel great so I think it's that kind of similar experience really
1: and is the studio quite hot and bright it's It's either either
4: really hot and bright or really chilly and bright (laughs) depending on who's been in charge of the air conditioning
1: (laughs) Is there a lot to sort of take in then when you're standing there doing the weather, is it in terms of sound,
4: like you know the the heat? There's a lot of components to how it comes together. When I first started, I probably didn't know the the extent of how it comes together. So we get the forecast at the beginning of the shift. We look at the models and we work out what what's going to happen with the weather over the next few days. We talk to a forecaster and make sure everybody's saying the same thing, and then we're building our graphics. So the picture that you see behind me has been put together by me earlier. I'm in control of it with the, uh, the weather clicker to make sure it goes at the same speed as me. Um, and we were also doing radio forecasts in between. Cause a lot of people, when I first started, a lot of my mates were like, Oh, that's a lovely job. So you do what two forecasts. And then what do you do in between? You know, a lot of <laughs> sitting around having a cup of tea. And I was like, actually, no, there's quite a lot to it. There's a lot of forecasts going on in the radio. And of course, weather's always changing. So you've got to be aware of what's going on outside and and any changes to the forecast as you go. And then in the studio, there's making sure you're standing in the right spot and looking at the right camera, making sure your uh, graphics are going at the same time as you. And also we're at the end of the programme, so we're often a bit of a buffer to the timing because everything is counted to the second. So if an interview has gone down earlier or if the pre- presenters have spoken for longer than they've anticipated, our time can vary dramatically so I've had times where I thought I was going to have a minute and a half and then it was 30 seconds and then I thought I was going to have a minute and a half and then it's been three minutes so there's quite a lot of things going on in the background whilst Mm. also just trying to tell the forecast (laughs) and you've got the director in your ear as well talking um talking to you telling counting down your time so that you finish on zero so it's yeah it's a lot going on
1: is that quite stressful intense or is it something that you're used to now
4: When I first started, I I found it very, very stressful because it's, it's one of those skills that you kind of learn whilst you're in it. So it's a bit of a, a bit of a baptism of fire, you know, you've got to, you've got to just kind of jump in the deep end and go for it. But as you go, you get more and more used to it. I've managed to tune out the, the talking in my ear that I don't need to hear and, and that pure adrenaline that I had at the beginning is, is less and less each time.
1: What would you say to someone who's perhaps, you know, struggling with say anxiety or being on camera in general? What what advice would you give to sort of help
4: them? It's a really hard question that, isn't it? Um, I think in in terms of anxiety on camera, for me, it was definitely there when I started. It's something that I think will definitely ease as you go. In terms of general anxiety, I think it's a really hard one, actually. <laughs> I'm like, what would I say? That there are things that you can do to make it easier. You know, there are um, techniques that you can do to help with anxiety, but also that is a part of life. And, and rather than fighting it, it's kind of learning to, to be with it and how that works. But obviously I'm not trained, so I'm probably, <laughs> probably not great advice, is it?
1: And what's the support been like off your family when you first
4: started to, to now? I'm very lucky. I've got a very supportive family. My, um, my mum's my, probably my biggest fan, particularly at the start of my career, uh, you know, Facebook was just like my mum sharing video after video <laughs> after video. And so I'd see people that I hadn't seen in ages and they say, Oh, I've no, know, know what you've been doing for the last three months. Cause your mum's <laughs> kept me updated, but now I'm very lucky to have that support network. And I think that's really important to have those people that are there for you and that you can talk to I've got a really close-knit group of mates who I'm in contact with who um have helped help me in this in this career as well you know um recently my mum stopped watching all my forecasts and she was like oh I feel like I can relax now you've been doing it long enough so yeah and I was like cheers (laughs) but um (laughs) it's probably a good sign really isn't it
1: (laughs) finally as as we mentioned earlier you know this week is mental health awareness week and it's all about body image what would you say to someone who's perhaps disabled and is really struggling with the way they look i mean because i would say for you lucy you're quite quite a role model and quite aspiring to to uh, you know the disabled community in terms of being quite high profile and being able to overcome you know, perhaps any negative feelings about your body. So what would you say to someone who is disabled and who is struggling with their body image?
4: That's such a lovely thing to hear. That's a huge part of why I wanted the job really was because when I was growing up, I didn't have that role model. I didn't have that person that I could look up to and see on the TV and think, you know, you look like me. In fact, recently on Instagram, for the first time, I saw someone who looked like me wearing a wedding dress. And I was like, I've never seen that before that's completely different experience and and that does have an impact. So what I'd say to to people in a similar position to me is that I think a, a lot of it is loving yourself first. You've got to have that inner confidence. Um you're never going to please everyone. I don't think anyone's perfect. I don't think anyone, you know, even the most on paper beautiful people have their own own insecurities and actually if you can put that aside, there's a lot of life to be lived. So I would say I would not let it hold you back. You know, I'm very lucky to have been brought up in a situation where it wasn't a particularly big deal. And I know that's not the case for everybody, but there's a lot, a lot to be gained if you can, if you can overcome that.
1: Well, thank you so much, Lucy. It's been lovely having you here. Lovely speaking to you. Thank
4: you. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Thanks for checking out the show. I hope you join us on the journey as we explore mental health. You can follow us on
0: Twitter at I'm Fine underscore.
1: Where we'll have loads more information and
2: some sneak peeks for future episodes.